from the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It is the Craig Needles Podcast. It is the Friday Roundtable here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca. We're on your favorite podcast app, too. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening to. Thank you for subscribing to the Craig Needles Podcast. And we are joined here in the studio for the Friday Roundtable by former city councilor Cheryl Miller, PhD candidate AJ Reyes here, as is joining us for the first time in Roundtable form, but he's been on this podcast many times. Dr. Jeff Preston is here as well. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. Jeff, it's been a long time between you and I. I know, I'm a, I'm a real person. I actually exist. <laughs> You're not a head I'm, on a computer I'm screen. Not just I, have, I have known you existed since forever, but we just haven't been in the studio together for a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was right. saying to Jeff when he came in, I think, I think it's the first time he, he and I have laid our actual eyes on one another, not through a computer screen, yeah. in, uh, in at least three years. So Yeah, I know. I'm happy to share uh, some moist uh, talk with all of you. People like the word moist. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm fine yeah. with it, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Oh. <laughs> Uh, let, let's talk about the the stories of the week, and there's there's a couple that I I, I really highlighted, and, and some of them kind of all fold in together. But they opened the homelessness depots this week, and I had a chance to go to one. I was at the one at Cavendish Park, and this was on Tuesday, and I saw a couple of folks there getting help. And you know what? Give out sandwiches, give out bottle of water. I'm fine with that. I think most people are going to be fine with that. There were some communications errors here, or at the very least, situations that the city probably <laughs> wishes they could have back on this. And I talked to some folks who live around Cavendish Park about this. Cheryl, uh, what are your thoughts on, on how this was all laid out and unfolded for us? Um, I think it was a complete and total disaster. Uh, it um, it sounded to me to be a seat-of-the-pants plan with a budget written on a napkin. This makes no sense at all. We um, The other thing that's a, that's a huge problem <clears throat> is that we're taking over parks where kids play. So we've got neighborhoods who live in their homes, they rent them, they own them, and they take their kids to the park. You can't do that anymore. So that's been removed. Oh, I'll push back on that a little bit from this perspective. Sure. There are already encampments there. So it's not as though things have necessarily changed those parks as far as who's going to be in and out of there. Oh, based I, on this. I got it. But I don't think encampments should be around kids. I don't think I don't think encampment should be around either. No, right. I don't think about it at all. Uh, the you know, the, the the information that came out was in dribbles and drabbles. I said that on Twitter. Yes, we used to have a communications department at City Hall that used to be able to give the Londoners information. So this stuff has been bullshit. I've I've read one thing in the paper. I've read something else online. I've read something through the your radio station, and and that's not. And that is just so disrespectful to every taxpayer in the city of London to not respect them, to give them the information up front. I think that it it was terrible. I heard you interview, what was it, Dickinson? Uh, Kevin Dickens. Yeah, that was that was a waste of television time and radio time. <laughs> like really, nothing. It was hollow. So yeah, no, I didn't think it worked well. Uh, Jeff, what were your thoughts on that story? You know, I, I I'm stuck here, right? Because I think that there is. There's obviously a fundamental need for us to understand what we're doing before we start investing money in it. Like right. that's obviously we need to know what the plan is. On the other hand, I mean, when we look out and what's going on in our community right now, uh, like we are well past the point of crisis. Like we've been past crisis state for a very long time, and at some point, 
we have to do something. Like we have to do something. People are dying. People are suffering. Uh, it's about time that we stop thinking so much about, well, whose jurisdiction and whose responsibility, and oh, well, that should be them, and oh, this could be us. People are dying. We need to do it, be a part of the, the solution, uh, or you are part of the problem. Um, we gotta get moving on this. We have to move on it. Um, mm. Enough consultation. Mm. We need houses. That's it. it okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on that. Stop calling it homeless problems. This is not about people can't getting homes. The people that are in encampments like it. They like living rough. Secondly, that's, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, I think there are some that may. Yeah, but well, there, but, okay. but the homelessness issue, like there aren't enough homes for people. I think that's well. An issue. Define a home because if you're not working, um, and you have mental problems and you have addiction problems, define how do you get a home? Well, that's, that's tough. So you can't and we call don't a have home. enough supports for people in those situations. Well, exactly. of course, and that's when Jeff says we we can't keep saying you know it's the province or it's the feds. Yeah. It is. Municipalities can only tax on your house. And right now it's ridiculous the price you're paying in taxes in the city of London. So if they don't come in, we can't handle it. We set the precedent. All the levels of government say, go to it, London. You know, you've got it. Run with the ball. I don't think that's right. I, I mean... It's a tough situation, and I'm going to agree with Cheryl that the city's communication strategy was abysmal. Um, I've never seen incompetence to right. that level. Well, it just and, and just I, like, I understand why people are concerned. Like, yeah, hey, what's going to go with this park? Well, my kids play, and, and they using, didn't do a good job of explaining what it was. Yeah, because the reality is, it's a couple of bottles of water and a sandwich for folks. It's it's in a porta potty. S- Great. Sitting, yeah, in yeah. twenty. Well, we didn't even know if the washrooms were going to be twenty four seven, and it was like, well, you're giving people a bunch of food, and then you're not going to leave a washroom around for them to use eventually at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's just the the process of logic that you're putting out there. And I think one of the other things is, you know, they were using synonyms like depots and hubs. Like to most Londoners, the average Londoner, that's the same thing. And I just don't understand why staff didn't just release a statement that said, this is what it is. Here's a picture of what it is. Here's a map of where these places are going to be. And then allegedly they released a, a media release asking media to stay away and stop interviewing. I have people. that on my ho- my phone right now. Well, if you want and, to hear it, and no, 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 <laughs> yeah. I went and tried to look that up on the city's news site. wasn't there, so I have no idea what the content of the release that was that was apparently issued to media organizations. I feel like that should be public information. Of course. Now flipping to the the issues at hand, we are in a crisis. It's a ninety day plan. I ran the numbers. If it keeps being 45 people show up every day across the four sites over 90 days, it's $83 a person, which if it's reducing the amount of garbage, it's getting people fed, it's giving them water and, you know, city staff are cleaning up some of this harm reduction supplies that people are finding on playgrounds. I'm all for it. Yep. That's that's a great that's, value for that's, money. That's worth $83. Yes. What I'm worried about is that this is distracting from the actual hubs and the housing that needs to be built. And to go back to another point about, you know, we don't have enough homes. Cheryl, we don't have enough homes. And part of the problem is we also made single room occupancy illegal in the vast majority of cities. There used to be a time when someone with those issues was able to get a single room, let's say, in an old walk-up building in the downtown and pay three, $400 a month in rent. We've completely gotten rid of all those units. They're gone. 
And so we're missing a huge part of the bottom end of the supply that helps meet some of these transitory demands that we see from this population. But they also need support. And so I think, you know, we, we should talk about the hubs because the depot plan, whatever, it, it, it's a temporary measure. It seems to be doing what it was designed to do, but I think it speaks to a larger problem with how the city is going about with this whole community response. Jeff, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about the whole of community response. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, you know, you get a $35 million injection, hypothetically. That's really cool. We can do some good stuff with that. What are your thoughts on how the plan has been has been rolled out and discussed? You know, I, I, this is a really complex issue. And I think to, to Cheryl's point, um, Cheryl mentioned, you know, that there is provincial responsibility. There is federal responsibility. Uh, you know, from my perspective, I think one of the things that we could draw back uh, a pretty clear line um, in terms of responsibility is the absolute sort of degradation and then a lack of any sort of growth in, uh, in, in mental health care, mental health support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put under that uh, addiction support as well. Same thing. Into that, right? Yeah. Um, and so when you look at this whole community support, I think, yeah, it's not enough to just provide somebody a, a place to live. But we need these other wraparound supports. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately there are some really interesting examples out in the world where this has been done actually really successfully, um, where by by layering in supports that's not just about putting a roof over someone's head, but it's also about providing the types of supports necessary to get people out of really tough situations uh, and to do so in a way that respects their dignity that's, I think, what we want. Uh, and so I think theoretically, uh, I like the idea. But at the same time, uh, I also worry that often uh, within this space, I would say in the healthcare space, in the mental health space, in the disability space more generally, we're very good at, at the marketing and the branding of things. <laughs> we're very good at sort of the buzzword of we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And then we get really shy when it comes down to the brass tacks, reality of on-the-ground living uh, for people who need significant support. Uh, whether that's because they're you know, on ODSP or uh, because they need help getting out of a different situation. Um, what so happens we'll in 90 days, Jeff? We'll see. Well, I, uh, well right? I think they're hoping that the summer is over and we move on, right? <laughs> yeah, and the, but, these people disappear indoors somewhere or into abandoned buildings, and then we lose track of the actual problem again. And again, I, I don't understand why we didn't renew the winter encampment plan that Mayor Holder had put in place, which was actually providing a roof over people's heads with yes. access to addiction yes. support access to 24-7 in three locations in three locations that made a lot of sense and winter was over and council went into the lame duck session and well that was that and then we come out with this whole community response and we're completely ignoring that hey we might have actually had a solution there and it's I just I'm really struggling with this idea that you know, the, the plan's coming, the plan's coming. <laughs> but, well, why is the mayor then going to senior levels of government and asking for money when nobody on council knows what that plan is? And also, on the flip side, what's the expiry on these hubs? Like, it, my understanding is the hubs are meant to fill a, a medium-term gap. And yet, no one's explaining to me, well, we're going to build all these hubs and spend all this money... <laughs> Well, that's infrastructure. That's capital infrastructure that should have a either an end goal or should 
be providing some sort of service after you know this response is over and we've solved this emergency and i worry we're just we're setting up new problems that are going to emerge on this issue so here is the document that uh the folks over at ctv london uncovered and there's here's the the pricing breakdown for what they want to do with this and again this was started with a uh, $35 million max donation from you know, the accommodation of the public and, and these folks that are, that are uh, doing this big donation. Do we have the extra $10 million? I don't know what we have at this point. No, I, I haven't looked at it recently. $25 million. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they, they're going to match it dollar for dollar. So whatever we put in, they're going to match. So it won't be 35 maybe. Maybe it's 30 We'll see. Uh, 15 service hubs. That right there costs $30 million. 580 supportive housing units and 29 new buildings. That is $217.5 million. Now, again, that doesn't have to come out of this. That can come out of, you know, you can get help from that with developers provided you build their buildings mm-hmm. and things along those lines. So th- there, there's ways to make that happen. 13 service hubs uh, on an annual operating cost of about $32.5 million a year. So how long do we want to operate those hubs? I guess we'll see. And then the 580 supportive housing units, the annual operating cost of that at this point is is set to be $58 million a year. So you can set up your 15 service hubs for $30 million, but you're going to need roughly, ho-hum, about $80.5 million to keep what you have planned operating on it. Because these are not one-time costs, obviously, depending on who's getting service in these particular supportive housing units. In some cases, it can be a one-time cost. Get this person a unit, they're in there, they're fine, they're good to go. In some cases, that's not going to be the case. So it's it's a big number of dollars, obviously, a large long-term spend. Can we get the pro- the province or the feds to, to help us out with some of this? I guess we'll see. The mayor's trying, as, as AJ mentioned, but... Which is, uh, which is great, but where this, was the council This still hasn't been officially approved yeah. by council yeah. yet, right? No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's a Don Quixote move, and I call him Josh Quixote. I, I, <laughs> I cannot believe that he has the... Uh, he's so naive that he goes to two levels of parliament two levels of government, sorry, in, in this country, and says, we want you to partner with a plan. And there's councillors uh, sitting around the table who were duly elected to represent the ratepayers of the City of London that don't know anything about it. They don't know the price. They don't know the plan. And then uh, I'll tell you, quite frankly, the comment made by the city manager, I thought Art Zudeman was bad, but the comment that that was made by Lynn Livingston about Oof, not having, There's a name from the past. Yes, I know, but <laughs> not having um, politicians at those community because she didn't want to create a level of, I don't know. I, 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 I never there's a power And I said that on... There, yeah, yeah, I, I said that on this podcast too a few times. I never understood the... I, Politicians shouldn't have had to have gone, but, but they, they should have had the option to go if and they, they wanted didn't. to. They were told you by go. Josh... By Josh, yeah. they couldn't go. So, meanwhile, and this, by the way, like you don't think Peter Fragascatos would have wanted to show up at that? Yeah. Well, of you course. don't think Peggy Sattler would have wanted to show up at that? I, I, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, is if I was on council, I'd have a an in camera come to Jesus moment with with the city manager because making a comment for she works for council. Yeah. That's her boss, not Josh. It's the corporate board of the City of London Council. That's who she works for. To make that comment about all her bosses should show her the door. 
because that is totally disrespectful, thinking that they're going to intimidate. Well, uh, it's subverting the will of council of and the fact that is. we have democratic control over municipal services. Like, it's it's really the the city manager is running the city at the moment, and the mayor's you know providing some what public leadership, let's say, to the seniors' levels of government that we don't know the context of the conversations that are occurring. Nope. And councillors are out in the dark and the public is super confused. And that confusion is leading to anger, it's leading to fear, and it's leading to you know misleading information about what these hubs are going to be doing and the impacts of them. Because, there's because no, nobody's communicating. Because there's no information, just want yeah. to jump in. City of London budget is $1.1 a year. So when you look at this, you're looking at adding probably a half a billion more onto that budget. Yeah. What is that going to do? That's and and they're sitting around nitpicking on yeah. bud gardens that's going to be bring money in and they're 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 dealing with this. I mean, this is I'll say I'll say so so the the 217 million dollars they're talking about here. I don't think they need that in actual cash from that's that's what the development charges exactly and i so uh, no, so here's are gone. yeah so here's what oh, i, I here's what i think you do though you still have is you today. say to when someone comes huh. when when the folks over at york say hey we want to build something uh at uh at the forks of the thames there but it's a little bit out of whatever well, as long as it's above 80% or of the market rate, they still have to pay developers. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and, but like you say again, to them, the city okay, is sitting give, on us some, of millions. give us some units at buildings B, C, and D <laughs> for to be affordable units. Can we start this conversation by saying once upon a time? You don't, they don't, you don't have don't think, to. You don't, they don't, they I don't know they don't have, have to. to. Yeah. No, but why, it's, it's all about making they? a deal here. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. then donate. Yeah. Donate a million dollars. Put yeah. it in the fund. Like uh, dictating to developers that yeah. we, you know, can't say we need housing. Yeah, but you don't say they have to. You say, hey, let's make a deal that yeah. you want to build something that's outside of the current constraints of London plan. That's fine with us. How about you do this favor for us in exchange for it? Well, yeah. you don't have any leadership at council, so I don't know who the hell would do it. Yeah, I don't know who's going to make that deal. Jeff, where do you think the public is on this plan? Because uh, people were excited about the twenty-five million dollars in January, obviously, but we haven't actually seen anything happen <laughs> with it yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I think confusion. Um, I think is probably the best way to, to frame it. I don't know that anyone knows exactly where this is going. Um, I feel like often it is uh, we've been around this tree a couple times before, and it hasn't really materialized anything. And and I I want to come back to this 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 line about leadership, right? Because uh, I think that at the end of the day, that actually sits at the base of of much of this, right? Um, I fully understand and appreciate uh, concerns about uh, power balances and discussions, particularly with vulnerable people at the table, and the idea that this should have grassroots, bottom-up direction. Uh, but that doesn't mean eliminating people with power from the equation. It means trying to rebalance the power in who gets voice, who gets the who gets authority to to sort of push this forward. And and similarly, I think when it comes to this question around developers. Um, you know, there are uh, a lot of things in our world are not done through hard power. Uh, a lot of the things in our world are done through soft power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about relationships. It's about fostering a sense of community. And I think coming out of COVID more than ever, uh, we need a reinvestment in the community of London. Uh, because we spent three years sitting alone in our houses. Uh, and I can understand why now it's it's becoming really difficult for us to see the community, to see London 
as a whole, as a large, big city in which all of us have a part to play in trying to make it better. Um, the only way that that cohesion starts to reform, though, is through leadership. And part of that is going to be leadership from City Hall, but part of that is individual leadership. This is about community leaders, whether you're elected or not, mm-hmm. taking, uh, taking a stand here and saying, okay, this is the conversation we're having, and we need to start moving this forward, and all hands on deck. Absolutely. I just don't know if we're moving. Like, and here's the thing. This was never going to be something where, oh, great, we've got $25 million in January. February, we're on the ground running. That yeah. was never going to be a while. February, we got bulldozers going in and yeah, building housing. That was housing. never going to be no, the way this yeah. is going to go. Yeah. But people are going to want to start seeing results, and they're going to want to start seeing results soon. Who? Yeah. What? The people that live in this community are going to want to start seeing results. What results? Yeah. We, th- that's exactly it. I don't I think, think we have any question. yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's the question, Wait, because if somebody called you up and said... I want results and I want to know about the plan. Who knows everything about the plan? How much is the infrastructure? First of all, are these going to be City of London employees? Let's hope not. Um, and <laughs> should the city, and I mean, this is, to me is a nightmare, get back into building because all you have to do is look at London Middlesex housing and look at the situation that they're in and the mess that they're in right now. Should the city get back into that? Hell no. They did a bad job for forever and ever. So when they talk about housing... There's people out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Indowell. I mean, they have got it down pat. Mm-hmm. They know Who, how to, to be do. To be clear, it. is putting up 1,200 units in the former Vic Hospital site, and it is moving at a aggressive pace and yes. will likely be open by next year. And you've yeah. got other not-for-profits out in Soho doing that. But the issue is, don't let the city get into building. We're not qualified. We're not capable. It's been proven over the years. Should so. the feds be doing it? Because before Cretchen and Martin sort of put the, the kibosh on that, the feds were doing a lot of uh, public housing. Well, that's fine because mm-hmm. we're not dealing with the fed issues right now because they built better. Um, the feds have more ways to get money in order to make course. those things happen. The we, other thing to remember is mm-hmm. before Cretchen and Martin, we also built co-op housing. Right. Yep, and right. Co-op Lots housing. of it. And to put things in perspective for folks from 2000 to 2023 a grand total of four units of co-op housing was built in the province of ontario prior to that four 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 in the 29 largest municipalities in the province a grand total of four co-op housing units and meanwhile we used to do four thousand a year yeah right and so you know there there is a role for the feds there is a role for the province but there are also delivery models that we know can work and i don't know why the city's not well Again, we'll see at this July 27th report that's apparently coming. Yep. <laughs> I think that's going to be when we see the cards finally get dropped, which should have been shown a long time ago. Yes. But we're getting the cards now, and I think, you know, maybe we should wait, see what that is, and maybe Craig can have us all back on again to yeah, talk no, about that 27th got, report. We've got 20 days. <laughs> what do you want to see in the report, Jeff? <laughs> I that's a great question. Uh, that is a great question. I mean, um, I want to. Well, okay. I'm gonna. This is glib. This is a glib response. Um, but Cheryl's maybe rubbing off on me. Um, <laughs> I want to see a, a I want to see the end of homelessness. Yep. Like that's what I want to see. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's um, the goal. That's what I want to see. Yep. And I think that it's a, enough of this incremental. Enough of this. Like, well, we'll we'll tweet here and we'll no. Okay, if we're putting up this kind of money, if that's the type of ask we're making, then I don't want to see people suffering on the street. Again, 
in London. That, that, uh, great. I, I love you're always an optimist. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, in, until, well, I could, Cheryl, if, if no, because, there's some competence behind it outside of the city of London. Correct. See, the, yeah. the, the whole issue has been with this, and I've said it time and time again. Feds need a housing uh, policy. They, they need mental health and addiction policy. Yep. And I know people don't like it when I talk about Portugal, but it's worthwhile looking at. And they have the lowest number of uh, overdose deaths. They have the, the best rates of recovery and help. So we need Fed. We need a policy that's national because it's not just homelessness in London. Yeah. It's all over Canada. And there is different provinces are handling it differently. We need mental health help you can't go isn't from, that the province though that is well, well of it course be, it is it, that's, yeah. it's the yeah. second level like I, I was joking the other day when i saw these figures i said hell they've shut down the psychiatric hospital and they've opened it up on dufferin um out of city hall right well, well um, and or, or and worse than that though <laughs> i think the thing to remember here is yes there are a lot of people that are suffering on the streets but the closing of the institutions in some ways really was just about opening up the pipeline to a different institution which yeah. is the jails right yeah. uh in prisons, no, right? I know that EMDC is currently what three times over capacity. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's horrific. But they were supposed to offer community supports. That was part of. They were. That was yeah. the other the other caveat. We're going to close it and we're going to offer community and supports, which never sports happened. Sports. No, well, and, 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 you know, if you heard Tuesday's episode of the podcast, and I was talking to to, to Margie, who she, she lives out near uh, in Cavendish Park, and she was saying, "Hey, look, the same thing." She's like, "When they shut down that hospital, that's when I noticed a change in the yeah. downtown." Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Here we, are. we all did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, there's got to be there's got to be more spaces for folks to go when they need mental health assistance, and I think everyone should agree on that. And I think that everyone at all levels of government should agree on that. Yet, spaces yeah. never come. Crickets. Up. Yeah. Nothing. Well, you look at what we had on Highbury, and then you look at what we've got on Wellington Road. I think it's a hundred beds, and I don't think it's as. Yeah. Um, intense programming as it was on Highbury. No. So and and no look, balance. if you want to say that what, what happened at Highbury is not what would happen in 2023 as far as mental health care goes, absolutely. Yeah. But you can change what you do within the building. Of course yeah. you can. Yeah, you just you just need the building. Right. Yeah. And the, the other thing is we don't, I mean, we're not talking about is the opiate crisis yes. that's infecting yeah. so many people. Absolutely. And it's, it's like when I had uh, surgery and the doctor said, here, I want you to take these. And I took a Percocet and I thought, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, this is, there's no worries here at all. And I said to the nurse when she came in, no, take these. I never want to take them again. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it gives you a scary feeling, and I can't stand that because I have an issue with control. So, I, but I understand how people can get addicted to that feeling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, mean, it's not you, difficult. No. If you want to talk about a way to fund this potentially, you could do what the Nova Scotia government is doing and sue the Sacklers for damages. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, the city of London has more well within its right to file a motion in court and see what happens. Yeah, it gets rejected. At least we tried. But maybe it goes forward and then we find $500 million from a court settlement. Yes. Because they're the ones, at the, the end yeah. of the day, yeah. they're a major party in causing this. They yes. developed a drug. They knew it was dangerous. Yep. They pushed it out. It's documented in both the U.S. and Canada that their pharmaceutical reps pushed it to a number of doctors and primary care physicians. It was overprescribed, and now we're reaping the consequences yeah. of it. All the time. Yeah. No. When, just coming down here today, 
um, I had two people almost jump out on the road because they were acting out and they had no perception that they were on the side of Wellington Road, which is crazy driving, you know that, yeah. mm-hmm. because everybody's in a hurry to miss the detours. So, and, and as I'm driving, I thought, what if I'd hit them? I mean, it would have absolutely ruined their life and ruined mine because it's not intentional. But they're not well. They were not well. They were having episodes, and I worry about them. Yeah. And you know that I'm not a cold-hearted bitch. I mean, people think that. Right. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I like it when they call me a bitch, but I have no, I'm not cold-hearted. Um, I've been involved with YOU for 30 years because I believe that the community can help the community, and we're doing that there. Yeah. We yeah. just seem to have lost that um, mm-hmm. volunteerism well, and help from the community. And, and the one that, that, that gets me, and you see it more and more and more all over the city now, is the the people that stand on the oh, yeah. uh, in sort of like right by on a stoplight or whatever yeah. on the islands and yeah. i'm just every time i go by there i'm like look I, you, can, you can ask me for money i'm not worried about you asking for money i am worried about you tripping and falling in the traffic though yeah, that's what i worry yeah, about yeah. with those yeah and it, again i think there's resounding agreement at this table yeah. that we want to end homelessness sure. and that there are people who need help and they need help from government and whether that be money or staff or support you're talking about youth opportunities unlimited which is a great nonprofit that yes. helps people we mentioned indwell earlier yeah. there's london cares that is delivering this emergency mm-hmm. stuff that you know maybe they maybe they are actually you know value for money there but there are good groups that are doing things my problem and i think a lot of londoners problem is they want to know what the plan is they want to yeah. know how it's being measured yeah and you know as a couple counselors have said around that table, they just want to know how to hold people accountable when things go wrong. Correct. And that's the thing. There needs to be accountability as part of this plan. And where the hubs are. I yes. think that is crucial. Uh, and yeah. maybe we're going to find that on the 27th. Oh, yeah. Maybe. So, that's right. There better be a map in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to talk about one more thing before we, uh, before we wrap up here. And that is the numbers that we're getting in regards to these electric vehicle battery plants. So there was the announcement in Windsor. And then a little while later, there's the announcement in St. Thomas. And that's the Volkswagen wagon plant and they say oh yeah great we're going to bring all these jobs here the prime minister's here the premier's here everyone's having a good time and then the parliamentary budget office says well this actually might be more expensive than you think and then the folks in the windsor plant say to the government well you gave volkswagen a better deal than you gave us so we want that deal too and then they figure out another deal so obviously there are continued costs for the taxpayer here there are a lot of folks who are concerned that hey if we continue to essentially let these corporations bounce off each other and say hey we're not going to bring you jobs unless you do this for us otherwise we're going to go elsewhere we're going to be in a very negative spot uh, even more so very quickly as far as writing these types of checks AJ, I know you've looked at some numbers here. You say, hey, maybe the check isn't quite as big as you think. Uh, what do you think about these electric vehicle uh, deals that the government's, uh, not just the, the federal government, the provincial government has made as well? So to be clear, these these deals are a response to what the U.S. did with the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. Because the Inflation Reduction Act provides a bunch of subsidies directly to manufacturers that locate strategic industries in the U.S. And it's quite expensive. What I will say is, and what I want to be clear about, this is not $15 billion in cash that is getting deposited into Volkswagen's checking account and Stellantis's checking account. It isn't. This is not. 
This is not $15 billion or $30 billion worth of cash that's just getting printed and thrown out the door, unlike, you know, some recent government grocery rebates. Right. Um, hey, I enjoy now, my grocery rebate. Yeah, yeah, I donated mine right to Endwell because oh, okay. that's where I needed, spent mine on groceries for my kids like a sucker. <laughs> yeah. You needed it. Yeah. I, you know, there, there's people that definitely didn't. Um, but when we talk about this $15 billion, how it works is essentially... For every kilowatt hour, which is how you measure a battery capacity, and typically the standard car battery has 40 kilowatt hours, they get paid $45 per kilowatt hour for the number that they produce. So if we were to do the math of up to $15 billion, and let's just assume that they're building all standard car batteries at these two plants, that's 16.3 million cars, batteries that are built at Volkswagen and 16.3 million car batteries that are built at Stellantis. It's about an $1,800 a year car subsidy that we're doing. To remind folks, right now the federal government has a $5,000 electric vehicle car rebate that they pay as cash directly to the car dealer. This is a performance-based requirement that subsidizes the construction of new vehicles in Canada with good paying union jobs. And so to me, yeah, why not match what the U.S. has done and, you know, bring some great jobs to Canada that are relatively inexpensive. And you know what? If they just cancel the $5,000 rebate, there's all your money right back. True. There you go. Wonderful. Yep. Maybe it's not yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just read a little, folks. Just go read a little. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I saw, of course, the criticism saying, yeah. hey, look, we've got, you know, the, the problems that we were just discussing. We've got homelessness issues and things along those lines. Is this really where we should be going to, to spend cash? Um, I guess well, where's the tax collar going to come from? Depends on where you would, uh, how you define spending cash, I suppose, in this situation. Is it too much to pay for battery plants, Jeff, if we're doing these types of deals or... Uh, do, do 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 AJ's numbers make you feel better about it? <laughs> yeah, no, I so I I'm I'm gonna like full disclosure. I've actually never really had a concern about it. Yeah. To me, um, this is about infrastructure for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're talking about we're talking about car batteries right now in these plants, but that's not the only type of battery these things can be baking, right? right? And as we solar. look forward, the the name of the game of getting us off of of biofuels is batteries. It's not. Well, obviously, solar panels, those are important, and windmills, those are important. But it's where you put the stuff that you're gathering in, right? Batteries are going to play an enormous role in our life going forward. They already do play a huge <laughs> role. But, uh, you know, whether it be houses, whether it be cars, whether it be the devices that we use day to day, batteries are a big part of this. And I think when you look back at kind of the heyday of Windsor in the glory days where they were sort of the automotive capital of Canada, um, to me, this is an investment in uh, basically restarting that, uh, that, that this, these plants aren't going to pay out far greater dividends than just the jobs that they produce, just the tax dollars that they produce. Uh, there's, some, there's some legitimate value here that is really tough for us to put on a balance sheet. Uh, and I, for one, think it is a worthwhile way to spend some money. See, I love that. I love it, both of you guys, because I've ne- I didn't have a problem either. Um, <clears throat> but what I see an opportunity is that we've got some training programs that, that they've started up in yep. Ontario. And they've, they're pushing people into it. They're funding it. They're getting over 55. Can you imagine if part of this plan that's coming to City Hall that contains an element that talks about people and assisting them to get uh, training 
yep. to get into the job market. And if you start earning money, then you can afford to rent. And ultimately, if you're working for the, uh, who's who's going to be it? So it won't be QP. Who is it that will be running? The oh, it's uniform. Uniform. Yeah. So when you get jobs under uniform, you get paid well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there is a progression that people have to look at. There's, I, I, I think we're fracturing stuff off. But if we could get people who don't have homes jobs, then you get the homes and security. But you know that would work. We, the we need to have enough homes to make sure that there are the jobs. Well, well, yeah. well this well, is we're doing it. if we want to talk about a concern with these battery plants. My concern is that I have yet to see any action from the province or these two municipalities that are welcoming these plants. A plan of how they're going to provide housing, services, education to all these workers that are going to be pouring into these communities. Well, there's and a story the this week about jobs. the Thames Valley District School Board. Oh, yeah, they don't have I enough. Mean, they don't have enough spots for people, yeah, which what is seems it? troublesome. Sixty-eight portables being <laughs> Some, added this year alone, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which typically aren't accessible. Yeah, no, no. And, and I just want to definitely part of it. I want to point out a little bit of a hidden issue that most Londoners probably don't care about, but as a planner, I really care about is. The city of London right now is trying to hire two planners. Yeah. One is a senior, their senior planning positions. The salary that they have listed is 58000 to 88000 a year, Ridiculous. which 10 years, range. 10 years ago, that was an acceptable range yeah. for a senior planner. To put things in perspective, the city of Clarington that has a third of the housing target of London and is a semi-rural municipality on the east end of the GTA. They are listing for the exact same position, the exact same duties, the exact same expectations at 97 to 113,000 yep. a year. So it's even like those issues at City Hall that are really setting us up for failure long term because we're not say, getting the best. I will I will do that job for $88,000 a year. I yep. won't do it well. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. but you'll do no, it. I'll have no idea <laughs> You'll try. I'll well, just say, oh, yeah, yeah, build this here. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like Sim City, yeah. right? Like commercial, or, residential, yeah. Or you take three years to get something completed because you're overworked, you're underpaid, you don't care about your job. Well, there's that. <laughs> or you make a mistake and then you end up in court for five years because yeah. you made the mistake because Isn't you didn't know. Isn't that the city manager's job? Yes. And she's off doing everything else butter job and that's why i said they need a come to jesus moment she spent far too much time on this and jeff um tell me you agree with me (laughs) come on i I need one agree from jeff well maybe not you got you you did i get one you got several oh yeah two at least i know i was looking over there and i was Yeah, but I think I think this speaks to, to the complexity of it, right? Like, you can't look at the battery plants as just a should the feds or should they not invest in this, because the plant is way more complex than yeah. just I don't I you know I saw a criticism from the opposition where this is a while ago where they said oh well this is only going to create so many thousand jobs what does that do that's a ton of money for not a lot of jobs uh, but that doesn't count you know the building jobs that are going to come with it mm-hmm. doesn't um, mining uh, jobs the, up in the and you know all of the jobs that are going to be associated all the ancillary things Shocking. right and so I think uh, all of this stuff that we're talking about today is about complex issues. And for complex issues, you need not just smart minds, but you need 
a lot of minds. You need a bunch of minds coming together, all looking at the same and testing each other and testing the plan out for rigor, right? right. Uh, I'm a little biased. This is the academic method. Uh, so obviously I'm a little biased on this, but um, at the end of the day, we can't look at any of these issues within a silo. We can't look right. at them as singular issues because they're all interconnected. Yeah. And, and I'll note that, that that criticism from the opposition you mentioned is, is somewhat specious from the perspective of, I'm pretty sure I saw Doug Ford on the stage there standing and smiling with Justin Trudeau when, uh, right. when we announced this thing. It's, so, it's magical what can drive, uh, you know, cross-partisanship yeah, and bipartisanship. Yeah. It turns out that, uh, you know, a whole lot of jobs, everyone wants to be there for the photo, yeah. but when it comes time to criticize what the other team is doing, well, then I don't want to, you know, it's just, it's, it's politics. It's politics. politics. Yeah. But maybe that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe that's why we are where we're sitting here right now, societally. Maybe the problem is, is that we spent way too much time talking about the sides that we're on and drawing the division lines between each other in our community, as opposed to remembering that we are all supposed to be on Team Canada here. Right. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk. Well, and, and just constantly wanting to control the narrative. Yeah. I think oh. that's what's happening here in the city. The city's afraid of letting the narrative go. And they made the same mistake with the BRT a number of years ago. They lost control of that narrative and it scared them. But, you know, there are plenty of municipalities that are very upfront, very public. Yes. About what they're doing. And it works. I live in one of them. Regional Waterloo is great. I know everything that's happening. I get flyers in the mail weekly from the city telling me about a project that is happening but near me. isn't that good governance? It is. That is inclusive. It's the hallmark of Canadian democracy. Yeah, and in London, the sh- shut-off council is sh- shut-off. And that is a glaring mistake. And the mistake rests squarely on the shoulders of the mayor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, but I want to thank Cheryl and AJ and Jeff for coming in, and thank all of you for listening and downloading to uh, uh, downloading rather this episode of the Craig Needles podcast, which of course you can find at classicrock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, and on your very favorite podcast app. The Craig Needles podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 